G'day everyone and welcome to the Dolby Anglican Podcast. My name is David and I'm one of the ministers at Dolby Anglican Church. Today's sermon focuses on Acts chapter 2, verse 14, and then 36 to 41. And Paul Morris has kindly read that for us, so let's have a listen. A reading from Acts chapter 2, verse 14a and verses 36 to 41. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words he warned them and he pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptised, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Hear the word of the Lord. Paul read that as a video for our morning service, and in the morning service I preached an abbreviated version of this sermon, You can watch that by going to anglicandolby.org.au. But with the podcast, I'm preaching a slightly longer sermon that gives you a little bit more meat uh, because I think that we need to really dwell on Scripture and try to understand it as best we can. So I hope that this podcast is helpful for you and helps you to know Jesus and to make Jesus known. It's part of a series called Taking Back Sunday where we're thinking about what the church is and who we are in Christ. So enjoy the sermon. Well, I don't know about you, but I struggle to commit to things. Phone contracts, gym memberships, giving Nigerian princes my bank account details. I struggle with commitment because there always seems to be a catch. Phones mean phone bills. Gyms mean exercise. Nigerian princes mean scams. I'm afraid of commitment. I think we all are in a lot of ways. So today, when I read an Acts, of the people listening to a sermon and saying, brothers, what shall we do? I think, what are you doing? It's a trap. But this is the point we've come to in Acts. Last week, we heard a chunk of Peter's sermon and how he witnessed first to the presence of the Holy Spirit in his life and then to the death and resurrection of Jesus. In verse 36 of Acts 2, Peter says, Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. The people are cut to the heart and ask, how do I sign up? Peter says, repent and be baptized. At 6 a.m. on the day of Pentecost, Jesus' church worldwide numbered 120 people. By 6 p.m. that evening, there were 3,120. So what happened? Why did so many people commit to Jesus through baptism that day? As we look at Acts 2, We're going to see the role the gospel plays in helping us understand where we belong, what we believe, 
and what our lives can become. Today we'll see that committing to Jesus and his church is the most awesome and important thing we can ever do. One of the reasons I struggle to commit is because I'm happy where I am. I know by committing to something, I'll go from one mode of being to another. This is why Peter's speech orientates us and helps us realize where we belong before we commit to Christ. And that's in a very dangerous space. While Luke doesn't record everything Peter said that day, what we have speaks volumes about who we are and who God is. Peter tells us we are sinful people in need of God's grace. The speech is so effective because it's couched in the spirit of the day. Pentecost was a harvest festival, a time to give thanks for the harvest. Look at verse 16 where Peter says, This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Then in verse 20, the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Peter's sermon is drenched in hope. Here are all these hard-working farmers praying for a good harvest and hoping their offerings and good deeds will make them right with God. They knew the prophecies of Joel, but didn't expect them to happen in their time. But Peter is saying, yes, that time is here and that time is now. But before Peter shares the good news, he has some bad news. He shows us where we belong in God's plan to save the world. In verse 23, he says, You, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. Peter is showing his listeners, and that includes you and me today, that we are on the wrong side of history, the wrong side of God. He's saying, you killed God. Our rejection of God, our sin, brings chaos into the world and ultimately death. People are looking for the root cause of coronavirus. But the Bible tells us that ultimately all suffering and all death is caused by sins committed by people since Adam and Eve, our first ancestors. The apex of human wickedness is seen on the cross. And if I'm honest, I know I would have betrayed, denied, condemned and killed Jesus if it was me. Peter tells us where we belong and it's under the just judgment of the one true God. But that's not the end of the story. Peter says in verse 23 that Jesus was handed over by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. Far from the cross being Jesus' humiliation, the cross is his triumph. In verse 32, Peter says, God raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received the promised Holy Spirit and poured out what you now see and hear. Peter's saying that his words and the miracles you're seeing today a proof that Jesus, that God raised Jesus to life. Then he warns the people and us today that God hasn't just raised Jesus. He called him back to be God's right-hand man and will one day make all Jesus' enemies a footstool for his feet. As the people tried to crush Jesus, so God will crush all those who oppose him. This is why Peter warns and pleads with the people in verse 40. Save yourself from this corrupt generation. The people hear Peter saying they belong under God's wrath and judgment and they're cut to the heart. They say, what should we do? And that's exactly what we should be asking ourselves when we read this text. Peter says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. 
Baptism is about recognizing that we're not perfect people. It's about acknowledging that I don't deserve God's love and blessings. No one does. Baptism is about saying, God, please forgive me. I'm sick of living for myself. I need to be washed clean by you. When we enter into the waters of baptism, we are condemned people. But in the waters of baptism, we receive God's mercy and find belonging in God's family, the church. Baptism is about belonging to God and to the people of God in God's relentless love. God doesn't want to condemn us. God wants to save us. And this is why what we believe matters. If we believe there's no God, we're going to behave in a certain way. If I believe my life is all I have and that ultimately it leads nowhere, then I need to protect my life and my best interest at all cost. I become the most important reality in my life and everyone and everything else is either a threat to my best interest and must be put down or a way to get what I want and must be used. Peter doesn't believe this for a second. He knows God exists because he's met God in Jesus and this gives him purpose. He knows there's more to life than the time between birth and death because Jesus rose just like he said he would. He knows there is a more important reality in the world because he's seen Jesus return to heaven to rule and reign as God's right-hand man. And so he says to the crowds, God has made this Jesus whom you crucified both Lord and Messiah. Here Peter speaks into the national story of his people. Yesterday, people across Australia celebrated our national story, Anzac Day. So much about what we believe is good is captured by the spirit of the Anzacs. The stories of those brave diggers who landed on hostile shores on the 25th of April, 1915. Yesterday, like many of you, Zoe and I stood on our driveways and took a moment to remember those who died to protect us. We gave thanks for the courage, resilience and sacrificial love women and men in our defence forces have shown throughout our nation's history. They did what they did because they believed in something greater than themselves. This is why days like Anzac Day challenge the growing belief in our world today that I'm number one and nothing else matters. The Anzacs believed in a higher power. There are no atheists in foxholes. These beliefs tore them away from selfish fear of commitment and made them commit to living for something more. If Peter spoke into our national story, he might talk about Anzac Day and how Jesus is the true embodiment of courage, resilience and sacrificial love. For this crowd, he talks about Joel and David, a prophet and a prophet king who showed courage, resilience and sacrificial love themselves. These guys, he, he quotes these guys throughout his speech to show us how history points us to Jesus. The terms Lord and Messiah are vital for our understanding of Jesus and baptism. The word Lord, Kyrios, means boss or master. People in Israel at the time were meant to believe that the Roman emperor was boss. Peter is saying, in his resurrection, God has shown the world that only Jesus is worthy of being our Lord, not Caesar. The second thing Peter calls Jesus is Messiah or Christon. Messiah means anointed king. True kings of Israel were anointed with oil at their coronation. So in baptism, you 
and I are publicly telling the world that you believe Jesus is your boss and king. Believing is key to any relationship. You can belong all you like, but what you believe determines how you behave. This is why we often struggle to commit. If I don't believe someone is trustworthy, I can't have a relationship with them. Not a healthy one anyway. But if I believe someone is worthy of my worship and trust, then I will follow them wherever they go and whatever the cost. If you believe Jesus is your boss, you will follow his commands to love like he has loved you. You will spend time figuring out what Jesus actually taught and what Jesus wants you to do with your life. If you believe Jesus is your king, you will donate and spend your money in a way that honours your king Jesus. In the baptismal service, in our prayer book, the minister asks the person being baptised, will you, by God's grace, strive to live as a disciple of Christ, loving your neighbour as yourself until your life's end? To say yes to this is to say, yes, I believe Jesus is my Lord and Messiah and no one else will do. I'm ready to live for him. Peter orientates his listeners, then he helps them realise who they've missed and what they're missing out on. He challenges the beliefs that lead the people to kill Je- that led the people to kill Jesus and draws on their national story to give them someone to believe in. Baptism is a belonging to the church, believing in Jesus and becoming the person God wants you to be, the person Jesus died to help you become. Jesus saves you in a moment. In baptism, you are signed and sealed as belonging to God. In turn, Jesus saves you from sin, grafting you into a worldwide family called the church. In baptism, you commit to becoming the person God has created you to be. This is why Peter says in verse 39, This promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. This is why in our church we baptise children as well as adults. For children, parents and sponsors promise God and God's church that they will help the child live into the potential God has for them. The Church of Scotland's Book of Common Order puts it beautifully in a statement this minister in a, puts it beautifully with a statement that the minister gives the parents after the baptism. He says, Your child belongs to God in Christ. From this day she will be at home in the Christian community and there will always be a place for her. Tell her of her baptism and unfold for her the treasure she has been given today so that she may know she is baptised and as she grows, make her response to faith and love and come in due time to share in the communion of the body and blood of Christ. Baptism is about a movement in time, but it's also about inviting God's Holy Spirit to come and live inside you, helping you to live the life God wants for you. When adults are baptised in our church, they make promises for themselves. But the whole church is involved, promising to support them in keeping their vows. It's a huge commitment, but it's the most important commitment you'll ever make. When we know where we belong and what we believe, then we're on our way to becoming the people God wants us to be. Baptism, like salvation, is a -a once-in-a-lifetime event. But in that moment, we are committed to a lifetime of sanctification. So many of us are trying to live our best life now. But the crazy thing is, we don't actually know what our best life looks like. 
Actor Jim Carrey once said, I wish everyone could experience being rich and famous so they'd see it wasn't the answer to anything. Friends, stop chasing your imagined understanding of the good life and embrace God's plan for you. Only God knows what we're made for and what we can become because God is our maker. In baptism, God brings us into his family. He helps us believe his promises and sets us free to be people he created us to be. In one day, God transformed a ragtag bunch of 120 disciples into a vibrant movement of 3,000 plus people. The pools and streams in and around Jerusalem must have been teeming with people taking washing, washing their sins away and embracing fullness of life in Jesus. From that incredible moment, the church has continued to baptize people all around the globe and every day new lives are added to the church. Friend, if you're already baptized, God is calling you each day to take your place in God's family, to believe that Jesus is both Lord and Messiah. God is calling you by the power of the Holy Spirit to become the person he made you to be. If you or your children are not baptized, then I encourage you to think about whether this is a commitment you'd like to make. I don't like commitment. Nobody likes commitment. But ultimately, commitment stops our lives being static and allows us to go somewhere in life. I remember almost 10 years ago, I went to um, a men's group and the men asked me if I was in a relationship and I said, yeah, I've got a girlfriend. And they said, well, where is it going? Are you going to marry this woman? And I said, no, no, we're just having fun. We're just going out. And they told me the truth. They said, look, if you're just with this girl for fun, then this is only going to end in a broken heart. This is only going to end in someone getting hurt. I was incensed. I was so angry with these men. And I rode away from that Bible study that night, just livid and committed to not going back. But over time, I realized that they were right. My fear of committing to my girlfriend stopped me from being her husband. I was missing out on the fullness of relationship that God had for me. And so in time, I asked Zoe to marry me. I asked my wife to marry me. And that was 10 years ago now. We've been married for nine years. And it's been the most awesome relationship. Friends, commitment is about committing to the right things and leaving the wrong things. We can't go through life shirking commitment for the rest of our lives. So let's not scroll on by and let our fear of commitment stop us from falling in love with the greatest person in all history, Jesus Christ. Taking Back Sunday is about re rediscovering the wonder of baptism. If you're not yet baptized, why not commit to looking into whether baptism is for you? If you are baptized, it's time you took a closer look at your baptismal vows and recommitted to living a cruciform, cross-shaped life. Amen.